Tell you what, I'd rather be here than the best jail. I'd rather be here than the best hospital. I'd rather be here than anywhere. Amen? Praise the Lord. He is so faithful and so good. What a sweet time of worship together tonight. Amen? It's been a great conference, hasn't it? Have you enjoyed your time? We have really been blessed as um, your host to be able to bring the conference to you. And you all have been so gracious and um, so hungry for the Word of God. And I tell you what, it's just been a delight. Every one of the teachers uh, have said what a delight it's been to minister to you. And how they've just, you know, you guys have pulled on every single instructor. And uh, so we're just grateful. And I just want to, again, publicly thank all of our teachers and our ministers who came in to make this conference possible. Thank you, guys. Amen. We appreciate that very much. As you know, it takes uh, money to be able to do a conference like this. There are expenses involved. And so again tonight, we want to give you an opportunity to sow into the kingdom of God and uh, to be able to be a blessing to our speakers and uh, to our musicians who came in, we want to bless them big. Amen? So as we give tonight, let's give not grudgingly or of necessity, but cheerfully as unto the Lord. Amen? If you have your Bibles with you, turn to, with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, I just want to share a scripture with you as we get ready to receive the offering tonight. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. This is the passage that I was just talking about here in in verse 6. It says, but this I say, he who sows sparingly will also what? Reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loves... Do you know that also applies not only in your giving, but that applies in the giving of your worship. That applies in the giving of your praise. That applies in the giving of your life. And what kind of giver does God love? He loves it when we give hilariously. You know why? Because he models that over us. Amen. He rejoices over us with joy. And that word out of Zephaniah 3.17 actually says that God whirls and twirls over us as he dances over us in joy. Can you imagine your father being so excited about you that he dances over you? He dances about you. Amen. So, like father, like sons and daughters. The father models it. He's the seed and we're the harvest. And as the father has planted his life in us through Jesus Christ, he says, I want you to have this same mind, this same mind, the mind of Christ, that allows you to be able to give and give cheerfully. You know, the world doesn't give cheerfully, do they? I mean, cheerful giving is, is the exception. It's more like cheerful getting. How do you know what I'm talking about? But in the kingdom of God, everything in the kingdom is backwards from the ways of the world, isn't it? You know, we lose our life to what? To find it. What a strange concept that is. Right? 
the last shall be the world says gimme 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 you know get it get it get it hoard it hoard it hoard it God says no sow it sow it sow it and sow it cheerfully because what's going to happen is he knows what is going to benefit in your life amen so he says when you sow sow not grudgingly or of necessity for God loves a cheerful giver And then I love this in verse 8. He says, And God is able to make all grace abound to you, toward you, that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. How many know that God blesses what you have, not what you need? Come on. God blesses what you have, not what you need. So what do you have? That's what we sell. Such as I have, I give. And how do I give? I give cheerfully. See? Somebody said one time, you can either get bitter or you can get better. Well, how many know better is better? Because when you get bitter, that root of bitterness begins to defile your entire being. And it begins to color how you see your world. Everything comes out of you with that color of bitter. Or... We can do it backwards from the way of the world and not be conformed to their way, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind, and we can live better. Because we have a better covenant with better promises, and as we live better, we're going to learn how to live to give. We're going to learn how to live to give. And we're, we're learning that about worship, see? When we come together, wasn't that fun tonight? Just to come into the presence of God and and just to allow God's life to flow out of you and just to come to give cheerfully unto the Lord. What a blessing. Amen? So God says that he's able to make all grace abound to you. Aren't you glad tonight that all grace abounds to us? All grace. Not just a little itty-bitty grace, but all grace. Yeah, he's able to make... All grace abound to you. Tell your neighbor tonight, he's able to make all grace abound to you. All grace. Abound. Everybody say abound. Yeah, not just a little, but that's a lot. See? Abounding grace. Yeah. Now look at verse 10. He says, Now may he who supplies seed to the sower... And bread for food, supply and multiply your seed you have sown. How many know that if you haven't sown any seed, there's nothing to be multiplied? Kind of simple, but, right? If you haven't sown any seed, there's nothing to be multiplied. So he says here that he will increase the fruits of your righteousness. You know, it'd be kind of crazy if a farmer went out into the, uh, you know, springtime and, and began to plant but forgot to put seed in the ground. He plowed the ground, he got it all ready, and then he, you know, was acting like he was putting seed in the ground, but he just kind of went through the motions. You know, and then he was expecting a harvest. Well, how do you know sometimes that's what believers do? They don't plant seed, but they're expecting harvest. Well, God says, no, I'll multiply your seed that you've sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. While you're enriched in everything with all liberality, I love this, verse 11, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. 
So how do you give thanks? There's lots of ways, including living to give. Amen. Isn't God good? Do you know that he does not need your money? God doesn't use money in heaven. See? But he's done all of this on our behalf. Because he knows what happens when we begin to hook up with kingdom principles. His blessing just abounds to our life. See? We're already blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. But now we become a co-laborer. We become a joint heir. And we begin to just reap the blessing. Blessing after blessing after blessing. Because we're sowing into the things of the Spirit. Praise God. That's the lifestyle of every believer. Amen. It's fun to give, isn't it? It is. It's fun to give. And, you know, when you begin to develop a lifestyle of giving, it starts getting contagious. Because people who are around you begin to pick up on it. They may not even know, you know, what's going on in your life, but they can tell you're a giver by how you live. And when you're around somebody who's a giver, it motivates you to be a giver, too. We have an instructor here on our faculty by the name of Lawson Purdue, and I'm telling you, just don't hang around that man because he is a giver to the giver to the giver. You know? And, and uh, you know, he inspires people to give by how he gives. Well, there's lots of believers here who are like that, you know? And as you're around these kind of people, I think of Andrew and Jamie and how they've given and given and given. Do you know back in the early 70s, they were the only ministry I knew of way back then. There were others, but it was the only one I knew of back then that was giving away all their cassette tapes back in the day. Giving away. And people got mad at them because they were giving their cassette tapes away. They were like, how can you do that? You're supposed to charge for this. You're making us look bad. I mean, they sowed and sowed and sowed and sowed and sowed. And now look, here we all are. So I'm telling you, God will increase. He will bring harvest to you from the seed because the principle started with him. Amen. If you need an offering envelope tonight, would you raise your hand? The ushers have envelopes to get to you. I almost said envelopes. I think that's an animal somewhere in Africa. An offalope. <laughs> One horn. That's it. <laughs> yeah, keep your hands up and they'll get you an offering envelope. You know what I've discovered? Uh, I pastored for many, many years and I discovered that a lot of people don't give because they don't have $50. They don't have $100 to give. They don't have $500 to give. You know, you, you have like a dollar and you're like, oh, it's embarrassing. You know what? Nothing is too small. Ask the little boy who brought two fish and barley loaves. Look what happened with what he gave. See, everything counts in the kingdom of God. You just give what you have. God didn't say he'd bless what you need. He said he'd bless what you have. So t- take where you are. Start where you are and just live to give. Praise God. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just want to say thank you tonight in Jesus' name for all that you're doing. Lord, we love you. We glorify you. We bless you. We thank you so much, Lord, that you are the greatest giver of all. Lord, you gave everything when you gave your son to us. And we're so grateful tonight, Lord, that you have modeled that before us. You have modeled what you're asking us to do. And Lord, in asking us to give, you're really just declaring blessing because you know what happens when we connect with this. So Father, we're so grateful tonight. 
And we thank you, Lord, for this offering. And we thank you for this conference, Lord God. And we pray that every speaker, every person, Lord God, who's ministered to us this week would just be blessed, blessed, blessed in Jesus' name as a result of this. Father, we give you all the glory. And everybody said in Jesus' name, amen Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We have another video tonight that we'd like to show. And it's just about a four-minute little clip that kind of talks about our college. Many of you are interested in uh, what's going on here at CBC. And we just love bragging on God and what God is doing. And so let's watch this little clip here. Praise the Lord. For me, the biggest um, change personally that's taken place has come from probably the journey of coming here and leaving home, (laughs) coming out to this other place and watching God provide. Me and my entire family have seen major changes because I've had so many layers peeled off from the day I walked in here till now that I I do have a sure foundation, which I did not have when I walked in these doors. We call the first year detox. It's literally detoxing you. All of the wrong doctrines you've learned throughout the years in different churches and just learning the truth. The biggest change is just getting the bad doctrine out. Having the things that were incorrect uh, just through tradition and uh, getting a sure foundation. Getting the full perspective of, of the finished work that Jesus did on that cross and what it means to us. It's finished. It helped me connect the Bible from Genesis to Revelation and I go home, my husband, my husband says, um, he'll ask me, what did you learn? And there are times I just can't talk. It is so good. The biggest change I've seen in my life since I've started um, coming to CBC has been just the peace of God. It says um, that uh, if we keep our minds stayed on Him, He'll keep us in perfect peace. So just from the knowledge of God, I've grown in while attending school. Just the peace of God has been multiplied in my life. He brought me here and he, he proved his love to me. Making the decision and taking a step of faith and coming to the school and sitting under the Word of God four hours a day, four days a week has been absolutely amazing and it's actually brought what I've had, what, what the Lord planted in my heart years ago, it's brought it to pass and I have just, just a greater understanding of it and I believe that I have uh, a boldness and a surety that I didn't have before coming here that I'll be able to go out and do and fulfill what God's called me to do on this earth, me and my family. your Bibles tonight with you. Let's turn together to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. We're going to continue just kind of unpacking a little of what we started last night in talking about worship in spirit and truth and why that is the better way to worship as opposed to asking God to just bless what we're doing. We want to find out what God is doing because that's always where the blessing is. Amen. And 1 Corinthians 3 Verse 16 says, Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? Everybody say, in you. In you. 
One of the things that we began to sort of talk about last night was that we are spirit, soul, and body. And of course, Andrew has uh, really taught this revelation for a number of years so beautifully. And uh, thank God for this because uh, now we're able to apply this to the area of worship. And how many know that worship is not a musical style? Worship is a lifestyle. And worship is something that we are uh, in 24 hours a day. It's not just something that we do when we come to church. And many people think that worship is going to a worship service. You know, we're going to go on the weekend and go to the worship service. Well, really, worship is a lifestyle. And every now and then we hear people say things like, Boy, that, that sister is a true worshiper. Woo! Tell you what, she is a real worshiper. As opposed to somebody who's not quite so, you know, they're kind of a worshiper, but not so much. <laughs> and so we have degrees of what we consider real worshipers based on how expressive the worshiper is. How many of you have been around the worship movement long enough, if we can call it that, you know, the charismatic movement, you know, spirit-filled church, long enough to remember uh, when we had teaching about raising your hands. And the teaching went something like this, that if we were going to bless the Lord, we had to have our hands like this, because it was blessing the Lord this way. <laughs> but if we did it this way, we weren't blessing the Lord because it was backwards. But I always noticed that ladies loved this way because then all of their rings would sparkle <laughs> when they were on stage. And then it went from just raising your hands to, if you were really a worshiper, it was this. That was a real worshiper. Because they were more expressive than somebody who just went... I remember the first time I ever raised my hands, I told God, take it or leave it, they ain't coming any higher than this. <laughs> remember? I mean, it was weird. We never raised our hands in the Baptist church. You know, we stood and we kind of clutched the pew in front of us because <laughs> we weren't sure what was going to happen, so we just kind of hung on <laughs> until Jesus came back. And then I went into a service one time that was kind of a charismatic service and everybody in there was raising their hands and, you know, I'm just thinking, oh boy. You know, a lot of guys, I was in Idaho for a period of time, we were pastoring up there and I have to be careful because my little wireless mic here is on my pocket, but a lot of guys worship like this. This is the cowboy up worship guy. Right? Yeah, I'm, I'm worshiping, praise God. <laughs> but it feels kind of weird because we're not used to it. 
And so there comes that time when we begin to get more expressive. But how many know that has nothing to do with being a worshiper? Let me tell you what a false worshiper is. A false worshiper is an unbeliever. They worship. They're just not worshiping the Father in spirit and truth. A true worshiper, which is what Jesus is looking for, by the way, he's not looking for worship. I knew that'd get quiet. John 4, 24 says, Now the hour has come when the Father is seeking such to worship him. Didn't say worship. He said he's seeking such to worship him in spirit and in truth. So the Father is looking for you because he wants to have a relationship with you. And the minute you become a believer, you are a true worshiper called out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's as hard as that is. So, from that place now, then we begin to unpack and discover what all this is about. See? And we begin to realize that we have a father who absolutely is crazy about us. I mean, loves, loves, loves us. You know when somebody really loves something, when they don't just say, I love that, but they say, I love, love, love that. That's how the Father feels about you. Right? Explanation point. He dances about you. You are the joy that was set before him when he went to the cross. When Jesus went to the cross, it says, you were the joy that was set before him. That's how he endured. That's how he got through. Because he saw your face in front of him and knew that he was going to be having a relationship with you, not only here on earth, but for all of eternity. Man. So God says, I'm looking for you. See, we think we're looking for him. No, he says, I'm pursuing you. And I want to have a relationship with you because I love you just that much. So then as we begin to unpack this, we begin to discover that as we were made new, as we talked about last night in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it says that all things have become new. And so our spirit man, now we understand, is the part of us us that has become new. And our soul is in the process of becoming new. Our soul is in the process of being saved. But our spirit is absolutely as saved as as it's ever going to be. It's as full of God as it's ever going to be. Amen? In fact, in 2 Peter, 1 Peter, sorry, uh, chapter 3 and verse 4, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 4, it says that your spirit is the hidden man of the heart. So when you begin to understand that your spirit and soul make up your heart, and we don't really have time to teach on this, I'm just wrapping up an entire course that we've done in our second year program on, uh, on the heart called Heart Matters. But our inner man, our entire inner man is our heart, not just our spirit. I used to think for years and years that your spirit was down here, you know, next to your kidney someplace, you know, or your spleen or something, you know. Down in my spirit, we'd always say. 
Well, you know, we understand what we mean by that. But if we could see our spirit, it would really look just like our body, except made out of spirit instead of dust. How do you think you're going to recognize one another in heaven? See? What do you look like in the spirit? You look like you without skin, without bones. You're just spirit-based. See? You're spirit man. That's the real you. So where's your spirit? It's all of you. And your spirit and your soul make up your heart. So as that agreement comes on the inside of you, 1 Peter says, the hidden man of the heart is the spirit. Well, have you ever noticed that before you got born again, your soul was in control? How many know what I'm talking about? Your soul was in control because you know what? Your spirit was dead. It was not alive unto God. It was dead. And your soul was in control. Well, when you become born again, guess what still wants to be in control? Mm -hmm. Your soul. Because it's so used to being in control, now it wants to maintain control. And so now here you are, all things have been made new in your spirit man. And let's just say, for instance, you're coming into a spirit-filled worship service and your soul's been used to being in control. And now you're coming into a place where the worship leader says, let's all just raise our hands. And you go, shut up. I don't want to raise my hands. And you're like, I can't believe I just thought that thought. Where'd that come from? Who's ever in there, come out. (laughs) Wouldn't it be so nice if your soul could just instantly get transformed like your spirit? But it's a process. And so we have to learn what things are of the spirit. And how we learn that is through the word of God. The spirit cannot be discerned by the flesh. And as we come into a worship service, we try to do that over and over and over again. I don't feel God in this place. I don't think God's anywhere near this place. Why do you feel that way? Because I can't feel him. So we're trying to discern the spirit by our feelings. We're trying to discern things of the spirit by our thoughts, but we have to Find out what God says, and that's what is going to bring the transformation. It's always the same principle of spirit and truth. Always the same. Spirit and truth. Spirit and truth. Spirit and truth. That's why Jesus said, this is how you have to worship. Now watch what begins to happen here. This is really interesting to me. Romans 12, verses 1 and 2 tell us what? Don't be conformed to this world but be what? Transform how? By the renewing of your mind. So, transformation is possible in our minds, is it not? How is that possible? By the word of God, okay? The word of God is how we renew our mind. The old thoughts, the thoughts that wanted to maintain control, The thoughts that thought it was silly when I raised my hands. You know, first time I ever saw it, I just thought this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. What are we doing this for? Is it hot in here or what? You know? I remember the first time I ever saw somebody kneel or bow in worship. I'm like, whoa. See, Catholics kind of have that down. They're comfortable with that. Time in the service. Pull out the little kneeler thing. 
Here we are. This is what we do. But in charismatic circles, this is really a big deal. To come down from up here to here. Well, that's weird. What are you doing that for? Can't you just praise God standing up? I mean, do we really got to get this ridiculous that we're going to kneel? See, it's a foreign thought. Because we haven't conformed to the word of God. We've been conformed to the ways of the world. So in order to experience transformation, we have to find out what God calls the new normal. When we go to heaven, not only will we need detox in our first year at CBC, but we're going to have to go through detox when we get to heaven. For a lot of people, you know why? Because when they get up to heaven, there's going to be multiple myriads of angels and millions and millions and millions, who knows how many people, who are going to be praising God. And it's going to be so loud that when the Apostle John began to describe it, he said it was the sound of thunderous waterfalls. Well, you know, some people are like, do you have to praise God so loud? I mean, can't you just do it quietly in your heart? See, that's an old thought system because we're, we're not used to it. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Oh, no, we, we don't do that. That's irreverent. Let's all just pray in our spirit language right now. Let's begin to just sing with the spirit. Oh, no, brother, we don't do that. I'm I'm sorry. Uh, we, we don't do that because we don't want to turn off the unbelievers. They're already off. <laughs> Did you know that the church in the Greek is the word ecclesia and it means called out ones? So... Why on earth would we conform our church gathering to the appetite of someone who's off? We don't do that at our church because we don't want to turn them off. It's too late. They already are. So, you know what? If an unbeliever comes in, it's okay. We love when unbelievers come in. But church, when church comes together... Because how many know you are the church? So when church comes together, church is a group of believers. And what do believers do? Well, it's really different than unbelievers. Corinthians says the things of the spirit are foolishness to the unbeliever. Well, it was foolishness to me. How many many remember the first time you ever heard somebody speak in tongues? You you didn't do it yet, but you heard somebody speak in tongues. Was it kind of like, woo? And now you are one of them. It was foreign to you. Now it's the new normal. Well, think about if all of these things are like this, how many more things there might be that God has in mind from his heart to download into us? Do you think that there might be new horizons that we've hardly even tapped into yet? I'm sure of it. Last night, for those of you who are here, we began to sing with the Spirit as a congregation. 
we began to just corporately sing with our spirit language. The Apostle Paul said, I'll sing with the understanding and I'll sing with the spirit. I'll pray with the understanding and I'll pray with the spirit. Well, see, the reason Andrew wrote the book, A Better Way to Pray, is because when you don't know the word of God, you pray what he calls, and I love this, stupid prayers. How many of you ever prayed a stupid prayer? Come on, speak the truth and shame the devil. Man, I'm telling you, I prayed some stupid prayers. But when you don't know what God's word says, you can do all kinds of stupid stuff. So how do you experience transformation? By the word of God. Jesus said, that's how I want you to worship is in spirit and in truth. So out of a living relationship with a living God, we begin to find out what God's thoughts are. God, what do you think about this? What do you, what do you think about this? God says, I'm good with it. Well, uh, why don't you make melody in your heart, Daniel? Okay, well, uh, how do we do this? Um, well, I don't know. No one's ever done this before me before. I've never seen anybody model this before. Well, the Holy Spirit says, I'll teach you. I'll show you. I'll lead you into truth. And, and, and here's how we're going to do it. Just open up your mouth and I'll fill it. You know, when I, got, when I got baptized in the Holy Ghost, I came from a Baptist background. And I don't want to tell you the whole story because it's going to take too long. and We don't have that long to take. But let me tell you this. I was so hungry for the things of the Spirit. I knew there was more than what I was experiencing. And I remember going to this um, Pentecostal church. And there were a couple ladies that were in the church, and I said to them, uh, can you help me get spirit filled? And they were like, oh, yes, we can. Come with us. And so we went into the sanctuary, and we got down by the big wood altars that were down in the front there, you know. And they, I noticed they had, like, big tissue boxes all the way across the altar. And I'm thinking, wow, this is different from the Baptist church. We had not tissue. And so the ladies told me that I should just kneel down at the altar. And um, they said, uh, it really helps if you get a little emotional. I said, really? Okay. Um, So I started trying to think about when my dog died. True story. And I, I'm grabbing a Kleenex now. I didn't get filled. That didn't work so good. So I thanked the ladies and, you know, forgave my dog and went on. And I did eventually get filled with the Spirit gloriously. Praise God, on top of a mountain out of Boulder, Colorado. But you know what? When we don't know what we don't know, we may be missing a whole bunch of stuff in the spirit realm that God has waiting for us. God has a table prepared for us, even in the presence of our enemies. And we don't even know what it is sometimes. How do you find out? Andrew talked about it Wednesday night. 
The mirror of God's word is the only way we're going to know. We can't access the things of the spirit from the flesh. So when it comes to the things of worship, as we talked about last night, we start in the Holy of Holies. That's where we live. That's our new man. That's who we really are. Amen. Called out of darkness into his marvelous light to do what? To proclaim the praises of God. To let out what's on the inside. Amen? To let out what's on the inside. And as we begin to discover that God's plan is for us to be in spirit and truth, then we begin to discover there's all kinds of things here that God has for us. Watch how this happens. All of a sudden now, I begin to, out of a heart of thankfulness, begin to allow God to arise. I'm so thankful, God, to be called out of darkness into your marvelous light. Thank you that I live in the Holy of Holies now. I don't have to try to call down your glory. Christ in me is the hope of glory. Praise God. I live with your presence on the inside of me now all the time. And out of this place now, I begin to let God arise on the inside of me. And his word begins to arise on the inside of me because I'm giving place to it. And as the word and the spirit begin to arise on the inside, my mind begins to become transformed. But here's the problem. It's also the battlefield. So guess who's coming against us to steal? Turn with me to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. I wish we had about a week where we could just spend hanging out in the Word of God here because there's so much to unpack with all of this and we're not going to be able to get to all of it, but look at this. In verse 13, well, let's start with verse 14. It says, the sower sows the Word. This is the parable Jesus was uh, talking about here of the sower and the seed. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. Notice when they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground. When they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. And they have no root in themselves. And so endure only for a time. Afterwards, when tribulation or persecution arises, notice, for what? The word's sake immediately they stumble. These are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desire for other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. Now look at this for a minute. We're going to just go back and quickly go through this. But look, verse 16 talks about stony ground. How many of you know that we're not talking about your spirit here? We're talking not only spirit, but we're talking about soul. When the seed is sown, it's sown into stony ground. And when you hear the word, there's some hard places in these hearts. And immediately they receive it with gladness, but they have no root in themselves. And so they endure only for a time. When tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, all of a sudden they stumble. It says immediately. Now, these are the ones sown among thorns, and here's where a lot of us live. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world, wow, and the deceitfulness of riches 
and the desire for other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. Did you know if you don't give God your empty space, he can't turn it into a holy place? You've got to not allow other things to crowd out the space that God has for his word on the inside of you. The cares of life. Man, I tell you what, Bible says we can cast our care on the Lord. Why? Because he cares for us. But how many know that stress is a major factor in our culture today? I mean, people are so stressed out. Well, the Bible says that there's refreshing in the time, in, times of refreshing in the presence of the Lord. So when we begin to allow spirit and truth to agree on the inside of us, stress can actually begin to dissipate from our life as we allow the peace of God and the life of God and all that is in our spirit begin to arise into our soul and begin to bring transformation. Transformation. The enemy comes immediately to steal the word because he knows... If he can steal the word out of your heart, he'll keep you from operating in the realm of the spirit. He'll keep you from the things of the spirit because you're going to try to access all of that through the flesh, through the natural realm. And you'll be frustrated with it over and over and over again. But when you begin to access the things of the spirit by the spirit, John 6, 63 says the words of God are spirit and life. Amen. Spirit produces spirit. Flesh produces flesh. Amen? So we can't produce spirit from the flesh. We have to produce spirit through our lives by the Holy Spirit. So as spirit and truth begin to agree on the inside of you, the enemy is going to try to come to steal that out of you so that you do not become a producing believer. Somebody who is bearing fruit. Somebody who is being powerful in the things of the Spirit by simply living your life yielded to God. See, you've crossed over into a whole other thing from what most believers are going to be living once you go into that place of being obedient to the things of the Spirit. Why do you suppose the enemy is coming to steal the word? When someone comes to steal something, it's because you have something that can be stolen. Nobody can steal something if you don't have it. So when the enemy comes to try to steal the word, it's not because you did something wrong. Immediately, he comes to steal because of what you have. Not because of what you did wrong. So here you are now in the process of renewing your mind. Okay? The enemy's coming against you. He's coming to steal the word. He's coming to try to take out of you before it becomes productive through you. Because he knows once it becomes productive through you, it's going to be too late. (laughs) Hallelujah. 
And this is where we often get confused because in the realm of our soul is where we draw near when it comes to God. This is the realm where we draw near. We've been trying to draw near from the spirit, trying to access from the flesh, trying to get into the holy of holies, you know, in order to be able to, you know, be spiritual, be a true worshiper, but only the blood of Jesus would let us get into that place. But now the Bible tells us we have to draw near. Well, where do we draw near? In the realm of our soul. Turn with me to Hebrews 10. Don't look at me with that tone of voice. Come on, Hebrews chapter 10. Let's look at this for a few minutes tonight. Verse 19 says, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. How many know that we're on the other side of the veil now? Amen. We don't have to worship through a veil anymore. Praise God. Having a high priest over the house of God, having a high priest over the house of God. Notice verse 22. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. So as we draw near, what do we draw near with? A true heart in full assurance of faith. So a true heart is not a divided heart. Before we were born again, we had, listen to me, this may sound confusing for a second, but just follow with me. Before you were born again, you had a united heart. It was just lost. Your spirit and your soul were lost, but they were united. They were just lost. When you get born again, now your spirit is made brand new, but guess what? For the first time in your life, you have a divided heart. Because your spirit and your soul make up your heart. Your spirit is brand new, but your soul is completely ignorant to the things of the Spirit. It's used to being in control. You get into the Word of God, and you allow the Spirit and the Word to agree on the inside of you, and you know what? All of a sudden, your soul begins to experience transformation. And as your soul begins to experience transformation from Spirit and truth, your heart becomes united again towards the things of God. It becomes the new normal. And as the enemy tries to come against you, once it becomes part of your heart, it's absolutely not going to happen. He cannot steal it out of you. It's now a core heart belief for you. God says, this is where I want you to live. This is where the power dynamo of the Holy Spirit is going to begin to roll out of you in rivers of living water. I know I'm giving you a lot of information tonight, but just bear with me. We'll connect it all here in a minute. Now look at verse 24 and 25. I want to just touch on this 
and then we're going to come back to something else here. But in 24, it says, when you come together as believers, he says, let's consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. What if we actually came to church to do this? I mean, I'm just saying, what if? You know, what if God's plan for us as believers could be a little more than what we're used to? Just just saying. What if when we came together on the weekends, we actually showed up at church in order to consider one another to stir up love and good works? Look at this. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. Jesus wants us to go to give. He wants us to encourage one another by the Spirit of God. We can't do it in our natural man. We can't do it in our flesh. We can only do this by the Spirit of God. So as we come together, God says, I've got a whole table spread. And it's spread before you in the presence of your enemies. The devil can't even touch this thing. The table's spread for you. The provision's already been made. Hallelujah. Now, let's turn over to 1 Corinthians. And I want to show you something here tonight because we're going to see a pattern. uh, And this pattern is going to be this. When the Holy Spirit fills us, he flows out of us with words. That's why God's word in our heart is so important. We have got to understand what God's plan is for us when it comes to the things of the Spirit. Um, Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and look at verse 7. It says, The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person for the benefit of somebody else. So God gives his presence to you in order for you to give it away. He wants you to learn how to live to give. To where when you come together as believers, you're not just coming together to feel better. I just want to get in some worship and I hope it's really good because it'll just make me feel better. You know what? That's the soul wanting to be in control. That's an old pattern. But how many know when our motivation is to come together to give, how many know you're going to feel real good? And it's really fun to feel God. Isn't it? See? When, when we allow the life of God to flow out of us, I'm telling you, His presence becomes manifest. And as His presence is manifest, I'm telling you, you're going to feel God. Wendell talked about it this morning, how God gave us feelings. You know, we're not to be ruled by our feelings. That's old model. See, that's the soul wanting to be in control. God says, I want to fill you up to the point that self-control becomes your fruit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Self-control becomes your fruit. To where you're no longer controlled by your emotions, but now the Holy Spirit begins to fill up your emotions. And because you are renewing your mind to the Word of God, your emotions follow your thought life. And as everything starts getting transformed from spirit and truth agreeing in your soul, it's it's two against one. 
Now spirit and soul are starting to become united. And guess what happens to body? It lines up. Now all of a sudden, instead of my body going, you know what, forget this. I am not raising my hands. Take it or leave it. They ain't coming any higher. No, now spirit and soul are agreeing on the inside of me. And I say to body, body here is what we're doing by the spirit of God. We are going to raise our hands right now. And body goes, okay. The Holy Spirit says, Daniel or angel, I have a song that I want to sing through you. I know you've never sung it before, and the musicians may or may not follow you, but are you really willing to risk it all and get up here and sing something that you've never sung before? The old angel would have gone, forget about it already. She's from Jersey. But because she has allowed spirit and truth to agree on the inside of her, now when the spirit of God says something like that to her, she says, all right, body, come on, here we go. Out of the innermost being will flow rivers of living water, but out of the abundance of your, which is what? Spirit and soul coming into agreement. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. And we're always going to see this pattern. When the Spirit of God begins to flow out of you, He flows out of you with words. Look at this with me. Turn with me to uh, second uh, chapter of Acts. Acts chapter 2. We're just going to look at a couple real quick scriptures here. Acts chapter 2. 1 through 4 says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were with one accord. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire and sat on each one of them. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost, look at this, and began to speak. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak. And what did they speak? They spoke with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. As the Spirit gave them utterance. As the Spirit gave them utterance. What is the Spirit of God wanting to say through your life? What is the Spirit of God wanting to give through you? This is worship in spirit and in truth. It goes way beyond you feeling good or just expressing yourself freely before God. It's all about you living to give and allowing the life of God to flow out of you in these rivers of living water. Look with me over at Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. And let's look at verse 44. Acts chapter 10. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit literally embraced all those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. And they heard them speak with tongues And magnify God. Look with me at Acts chapter 19. Acts chapter 19. Look at verse 6. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues, and they prophesied. They spoke with tongues, 
and they prophesied. So when we talked last night about Ephesians 5.19 and Colossians 3.16, we talked about living filled with the Spirit of God. Amen. And when you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, you know, maybe many years ago, whatever, you know, that's a wonderful thing. But how many of you know that we're to live filled every day? Amen. This is the new normal for the believer. Not an experience that I had 20 years ago, as wonderful as it might have been. But where am I today? The enemy's coming against my soul. He, uh, you know, he would love for me to live emotionally to the point that my emotions are always out of control. You know why we have so many people who are emotionally ill? Because we don't allow the Holy Spirit to fill up our emotions. We don't allow truth to bring transformation to our soul. See, our spirit is intact, but our soul needs to get healthy. Our soul needs to be filled with spirit and truth. And as we understand how God's plan for us is to live life abundantly and live life in his blessing, I'm telling you people, we truly can experience transformation on a daily basis. God says, I want you to live filled. So what happens when I'm filled? I begin to speak. Well, the last thing the devil wants is for you to speak. Here's how, here's how it looks in culture today. You know, you all as spirit-filled people just need to learn how to be tolerant. Have you noticed that the world is tolerant to everybody except... If you're Buddhist, no problem. You believe in Hindu? Wonderful. No, I believe in Jesus and I speak in tongues. Whoa! So guess what? The devil does not want you to have a voice. God wants you to have a voice. Because it's his voice. And he says, when you're filled with who he is, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth is going to speak. And God says, what you hear in the quiet place, I want you to shout out on the rooftop. I want you to declare the word of the Lord. I want you to sing in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. I want you to pray with the spirit and pray with the understanding. Sing with the spirit, sing with the understanding. Begin to declare words of blessing. Begin to encourage one another. Begin to speak words of edification over one another. Come to church to stir up one another. Provoke one another unto godliness. Our God is greater. Our God is higher. You ever feel that way sometimes? You know, it's like, you don't know my God. I don't know who your God is, but my God is greater. Like a little kid. My dad's bigger than your dad. Right? Because when we begin to discover what it is we really have on the inside of us, I'm telling you, this thing's transformational. God says in 2 Corinthians, if you behold his glory, it will bring transformation to you. You can go from glory to glory by beholding who he is. How does that happen? Spirit and truth. Spirit and truth. I'm telling you, church, 
God has so much more for us. Times of corporate singing in the Spirit. Beginning to flow in the gifts of the Spirit. Not weird. Normal. That's the new normal. Laying hands on the sick. What? That is so weird. No, it's the new normal. And seeing them recover. That's God's plan. Living in a spirit-filled worship style will be transformational on a daily basis. Not just church. Loving your kids, that's being a worshiper. Showing up to work on time, that's being a worshiper. And as you begin to live your life like this to the glory of God, everything about you begins to just ooze spirit and truth. Man, I got to let you go. There's so much more we could talk about tonight. (laughs) so much more we could talk about but let me just let me just close with this god's design for us is a lifestyle of worship it's not something we put on it's not something we attend it's not something that is just you know for conventions or seminars god's plan for us is to live in this place 24 hours a day having a relationship with a living God as sons and daughters living in his house. And in this place, we're going to find the presence of God real, tangible, in us and flowing out from us. And literally, we're going to see transformation. Amen. Amen. I think I'm done. Even though I'm not done. Is there anyone here tonight who has never received the baptism in the Holy Spirit? If you're here tonight and and you're hearing me talk about being baptized in the Holy Ghost, being filled with the things of the Spirit, and and you've never experienced that, uh, one of our young men who's here uh, tonight at the conference was here last year and uh, got baptized in the Holy Spirit during this conference last year. And he grabbed me in the hall and he said, man, I'm telling you, it's completely changed my life. Compared to what happened, brother, stand up real quick and just let everybody see who you are tonight. Amen. You know, when, when you're born of the Spirit of God, it's one thing, but it's a whole other thing to get filled with the Spirit of God and let that infilling absolutely bring transformation in you so that transformation can come through you. God begins, uh, I, was, I was just praying one day and I felt like the Lord said to me, We're coming into a time when we are going to be experiencing transformational worship. Tom taught yesterday on encounter worship. Same thing. See, when we come to meet with God and we give God place in our gatherings to where he's glorified by the spirit of God, I'm telling you, it's a whole different thing than what we're used to. You don't have to get all crazy and swing off of chandeliers. You know, it's a lifestyle. It's an everyday thing. You just live filled. So let's all stand tonight. Can we do that? And if you have never received the baptism in the Holy Spirit tonight, I want to just give you an invitation uh, to be able to do that.
Tonight is your night. I'm telling you, it will absolutely cause the word of God to become alive on the inside of you because the word is alive. But if, if you spend time in the word and it doesn't really make a lot of sense, one of the greatest things that got about getting baptized in the Holy Ghost is how the word of God absolutely becomes alive on the inside of you. Amen. And the Bible says that when we're baptized in the Holy Ghost, it's in order to be a powerful witness. Not just a, a puny witness, but a powerful witness. Amen? By the Spirit of God. See, everything God does by His Spirit is powerful. Amen? It will bring transformation. The, the image there is like a, um, a, a worm, a caterpillar, becoming a butterfly. I mean, that's how huge this thing is. Ordinary to super ordinary. Natural to supernatural. See? That's God. That's what God does. And he says, I'll be, I'll be big in you. I'll be mighty in you, but I'll be mighty through you. Amen. Hallelujah. Anybody here tonight want to be baptized in the Holy Ghost? Lift up your hand. Come on. Anybody here tonight? Praise God. Praise God. Yes, brother. Praise God. Anybody else? Praise the Lord. Is there anybody here who is not born again tonight? You maybe had a friend bring you to this crazy gathering of people. <laughs> Today's your day. If you've not been born again, I'm telling you, this is the very, very beginning. God literally will make all things new in your spirit, man. All things new by the spirit of God. Is there anyone here tonight who wants to be born again? Let me see your hand. Anybody here? Praise God. Amen. I'm going to ask you to do something. Those of you who want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, would you just come forward right now? We're going to pray for you. Praise God. Come on, brother. Praise the Lord. Amen. 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 Praise God, bro. Good to see you here tonight. Amen. Anybody else? Come on. We'll just wait a little. Come on. Come on. Yep. Praise God. I'm telling you, transformation, transformation time. Glory to God. Amen. 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 You going to receive the baptism tonight? Well, yes. Yes. That's a good answer. Yes is a good answer. Tonight's your night. Yes, that's right. Amen. You know, I was ministering in Brooklyn uh, many years ago, and uh, I remember this gentleman came up to me, and he said, I've been tarrying for 35 years to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And I said, why are you tarrying? He said, because that's what you have to do to get baptized in the Holy Ghost. I said, no, you don't. I said, your tarrying days are over. You're going to receive that right now. And you know what? He did right then. You know, see, you have to believe it. Amen. And when you believe, the Bible says all things are possible. Amen. I'd like some of our prayer ministers that have been trained in the healing school to come up here and praise God. We're going to minister uh, to these people tonight. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord God, for the power of your presence in every one of these people's lives tonight. For Robert, Lord God, thank you that he came all the way from Canada to get baptized in the Holy Ghost tonight. Hallelujah. For Yolanda, 
Thank you, Father, that she's going to get baptized in the Holy Ghost tonight. My brother, Father, thank you that tonight is the night. Now, let me tell you something, everybody, that you're here. Look at me just for a minute. Uh, When I wanted to get baptized in the Holy Ghost, I literally thought that God was going to move my tongue. He was going to take my tongue and, and make me speak in tongues, you know. And what I didn't understand was that as soon as I yielded myself to God, amen, bro, as soon as I yielded myself to God, that God would speak through me, but I had to do the speaking. Tonight we talked about how the Holy Spirit will be in you, but he'll come out of you in words. So I'm going to pray for you here in just a minute. And as I lay hands on you, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. And I'm telling you, you're going to begin to speak with tongues, but you have to do the speaking. So don't speak in English, but allow the life of the Spirit of God to begin to arise on the inside of you, and it'll cause transformation in your heart starting tonight. Amen. Would you all lift your hands tonight? Just lift your hands and begin to give God praise. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you tonight in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord God, for your Holy Spirit. We praise you, Lord God. Praise you, Lord Jesus, that you're here tonight. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We worship you tonight, Lord God. In Jesus' name. Now, Father, I thank you that all of these tonight who have come up here are here to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I want you just to repeat after me tonight. Those of you who have come, in fact, let's all just say it tonight. Father, thank you for the Holy Ghost. Thank you that I'm born of the Spirit. But I want to be filled with the Spirit. And I yield to you now. And I receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord, for rivers of living water in me and flowing out from me. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, begin to just speak with the language of the Spirit on the inside of you as you breathe out the Holy Spirit tonight. Just begin to speak in other tongues. Kurya masha kerida basondo rabasande. Rondo rabasa kerida basata. That's it, Robert. Just give it voice. Rondo rabasa kerida basande. Rondo rabasata. You do the speaking and just let God. At first, it'll sound like a baby language to you because you're not used to it. Just let that spirit language arise from the inside of you tonight. In Jesus' name. Romo to rabasande kerida basata. Thank you, Lord God. Yes, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Father. Holy Ghost is all over you, Yolanda. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Father. That's it. Just speak it out. Speak it out. Speak it out boldly. Good, Larry. Just speak it out. Jesus' name. That's it. Yeah, just speak it out. Beautiful. Glory to God. Father, thank you for your presence. Thank you, Lord God. Just let it flow. Just let it flow. That's it, Yolanda. Just let it flow out of you. That's it. Just speak it out. Boldly, boldly. Yeah. There you go. 
Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Rondo Rabashata. Oh Ramasata Rabasata. Speak it out, Robert. Just speak it out loudly. Open up your mouth and just speak it out. You got it. It's right there. Praise God. It's all over you. Yeah, it's all over you. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you for freedom. Freedom, Lord God, in Jesus' name. That's it. That's it. That's it. It just feels new. That's all. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Thank you for how much you love Robert, Father. Thank you for your great love for Robert tonight. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord, for the power of your presence. Lord, you love Robert. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He came here hungry for you. Hungry for you, Lord God. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Oh, Robert, God's got good stuff for you. Praise the Lord. Good things for you. Just since this whole conference has been a new beginning for you. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Are you speaking, brother? You gotta open up your mouth. Yeah, speak it out. By the Spirit. No English. That's right. That's right. Just let that language of the Spirit come up on you. In Jesus' name. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Father, for touching his body tonight, bringing healing to his body tonight in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, Father, we bless you. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. Now look up at me just for a minute, everybody that came up here. Uh, When I was baptized in the Holy Ghost, I didn't know that I could stop speaking in tongues. Once I started speaking in tongues, I thought that if I stopped, all of it would go away. And I didn't realize that I could start it at any time. I thought I had to wait for, you know, some big, you know, anointing to come upon me in order for me to speak in tongues again. But you can speak in tongues whenever you want to. The Apostle Paul said, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than y'all. That's why he's probably from Tulsa or someplace like that, you know. More than y'all. He spoke in tongues a lot. This is the man who wrote most of the New Testament. He was a tongue talker. Amen? So you can speak in tongues a lot. And I would encourage you to do that because what happens is you begin to build up yourself on your most holy faith. Amen. There it is again, guys, tonight. You begin to build up what? Yourself. Think about that. What's yourself? Your soul. See? You begin to build yourself up by the Spirit of God, by the Spirit and the Word. See? Amen. Now, let's just do this again. Let's just lift our hands to the Lord again and begin to speak in tongues again. Amen. Just begin to speak in tongues again. 
Yeah. Just begin to let it flow like a river. Praise God. Rondo Ramasak Haranabashata. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Rondo That's right. Yeah. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh Ramagaranabasha Kedabasana. Rondo Ramasakabasatabasanda. Rondo Ragarabasha Tigabasanda. Praise your Lord God. Ramaketerebaso Ramagaranabashata. Brandege Dalabasakatarabasata. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise your Lord. Praise your Lord God. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Have we got um, those books, Mark? Yeah. Uh, I would love for you all just to go with Mark. This is Mark, who's the director of our night school. And uh, he's got a, a book that Andrew has written that we would love to get into your hands tonight that's going to talk about exactly what's happened to you tonight to give you more knowledge, again, the mirror of God's word, so that you can know what it is that's really going on on the inside tonight. Amen? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? Tell you what. Praise the Lord. Amen. Awesome, awesome. Amen. You know, the things of God are so amazing to me. When you have been uh, locked up like I was for so many years, and to truly be free, I'm telling you, free is better. Free is better. God says better covenant, better promises, whom the Son sets free is really free. Amen. Now, I sensed tonight when I was ministering that many of you have already been baptized in the Holy Spirit, but you don't really have a freedom in the things of the Spirit. You know, you would love to be able to just uh, have more freedom in the things of the Spirit of God. And uh, tonight, I want to just minister to you. If that's you tonight, would you just come forward? And, uh, and, and I want to just minister to you uh, because I believe that as we give place to the things of the Spirit of God, the Bible says that whom the Son sets free is really free. Amen. And God doesn't want us to just kind of know about the things of the Spirit of God. He wants us to be able to freely flow in the things of the Spirit. Amen. I believe there's more. I'm going to wait just for a little bit. Hallelujah. How I many you know that freedom comes from the Word and the Spirit agreeing together? Freedom comes from the Word and the Spirit agreeing together. Amen. So nobody can replace the process of you renewing your mind. But what we're going to do tonight is we're going to stir up the gift of God that's already on the inside of you. Amen? We're going to stir it up. How many of y'all like stir fry? That's what we're going to do by the Holy Ghost tonight. Amen? We're just going to stir up the gift of God that's already on the inside of you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm going to wait just for a minute more. Praise God. You know, sometimes what happens, um, are any of y'all worship leaders that are down here? Are any of you, uh, do any of you lead worship? Yeah? You know what happens a lot of times? When you're a minister, when you're a worship leader, when you're a pastor, teacher, whatever, I mean, just a believer, just a believer, 
right? But whatever it is that you do, many times in ministry, you'll begin to pull back because you sense disapproval from people when you begin to go out into the things of the Spirit because the enemy does not want this to happen. And when you begin to back off and pull back, I'm telling you, it begins to shut you down. And you begin to back off of the things of the Spirit of God because, you know, you just don't want to be a bother. You just don't want to be too much for anybody. And so you kind of just pull back and be nice. But one of the fruit of the Spirit is not nice. The fruit of the Spirit is, it includes kindness. I'm not talking about being rude, but I'm talking about being bold. The things of the Spirit will cause you to have a boldness on you that will absolutely cut through all of that culture stuff that tries to come against you. That's what we're going to agree on tonight in Jesus' name. Amen? Now, here's what I want y'all to do. Y'all are spirit-filled already. Begin to just raise your hands and begin to let your spirit language come out. Amen. Just begin to pray in other tongues tonight. Hallelujah. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus for boldness on every one of these people who have come up here tonight. Boldness by the Holy Ghost. Father, I thank you for the power of your presence in every single life that's up here tonight, Lord God. That we will not back off of the things of the Spirit, but rather, Lord God, that we will press in to everything that you have for us in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for effectiveness and for freedom in the things of the Spirit. For who the Son sets free is free indeed. Father, we thank you for it. Now just receive that freedom tonight in Jesus' name.